0: Praise God. Well, I won't see you tomorrow, so Happy New Year, all. Happy 2024. This is the last day of 23, and it's exciting to be, on, uh, to be at church on the last day, isn't it? And we just give the Lord glory. We give him so much honor and praise. Um, we can never get tired of saying thank you, being grateful to him, right? Amen. He has done so much for us. He has been so good to us. He's so kind and merciful to us. It's just amazing what God has done in our lives, isn't it? And sometimes we forget. It's easy to forget, isn't it? But we just thank you, Lord. We're not going to forget what you've done. Well, let me get into his word today. Uh, I have uh, an an interesting line for you. I want you to say it out loud with me on the last day of the year. I want you to say with me, it's not too late. Say it again. It's not too late. I feel like the Lord, uh, he doesn't always drop lines in my spirit, you know, uh, somebody just asked me, uh, where do you get your content from? And uh, it is interesting. I've now preached um, over eight years, you know, times 52. I've missed a, cu- a couple here and there. I mean, literally a couple. I can count it on probably a hand and a half of the services I've missed. So we're talking over 400 uh, sermons, uh, in, which is, is amazing. It's all God. I said, to, I said a very honest answer. Well, I don't know. It's all God, because sometimes it's just a thought. Something's going on in the world. Something's, you know, COVID gave me some content, for instance, I said to him. Uh, Sometimes something's going on in my life. Sometimes I read a scripture that strikes me. And, you know, I didn't say to this person, but I'll say to you, sometimes the Lord just drops a line in my spirit. Who loves hearing a word from the Lord? Now, we don't need that. Right? I don't, I don't, being led by the Lord is not sitting at a stop sign and just wondering, waiting for God to speak before you go left or right, is it? You just head where you're going. If the Lord doesn't want you to go that way, I pray that the Holy Spirit would stop us some way, shape, or form, not let us get into trouble. And when we, even when we get into trouble, I pray that then he's there with us. Amen. That's being led by the Holy Spirit. But sometimes the Lord will tell you at a stop sign, go right. Who's had it happened? Right? And if you're wrong, so be it. You know, whatever. So it cost me some extra minutes, or maybe it saved me a whole bunch of time. But uh, the Lord just put a word in my spirit, it's not too late. So this is amazing. I don't always give you the backstory, but I thought I I would right now. I began to just meditate on this thought, because sometimes uh, if you've ever had to uh, share anything from the Lord... Sometimes the Lord uh, will say something like that and then not give you any context, nothing else, where he wants you to seek him, which is a, a hint that's a, a lot about what today's going to be about. So a lot of what today's going to be about is seeking him, and so I began to just meditate, and I wrote down some thoughts, which I'll read in a moment, and then I felt like the Lord uh, did give me the next thing, which was, I want you to touch on Josiah. So I said, okay, Lord. So I began to just think about Josiah. And I was like, you know, uh, did I preach on Josiah in 2023? I couldn't remember. You know, don't ever, I'm never offended if you guys don't remember what I say, because all my sermons are jumbled up in my mind as one two, And I don't remember when I said what I said. Sometimes I think I just did it. It was two years ago. Sometimes I think it's been a while and it was two weeks ago. So I began to just, uh, I got into my program where I have my sermons and I went to go look for Josiah. And so I did a search, put his name in, here pops up some sermons. And in August, I did a three-part series called Call on the Lord. And so I scrolled down to, to point number four. Point number four on that uh, final third sermon in August 20th uh, was It's Not Too Late and my text for uh, the sermon was from Josiah, Second Kings chapter twenty-two, verse two. There's your two, two, two. And so I said, "Wow, Lord! Okay, you know this is like I got so excited. I got really, really excited because uh, uh, it wasn't. You know, this was now had been four months." and I have to come up here and have something fresh for you every single week. So I have not been meditating on my sermon from then. I haven't listened to it. I didn't go searching, and it wasn't subliminal. I mean, this was from the Lord, who believes me. It was amazing. I mean, that's pretty specific, to have the title and the text. So sometimes when the Lord does those things, um, and and again, this is a preview because it's going to be what I'm going to get into today. That the Lord wants to get our attention. Say, the Lord is trying to get my attention. Isn't that amazing? God tries to get all of our attention. He's trying to get the whole world's attention. Who's been got by him before? Come on, Levi, you need to say it for me. I know you're thinking it. You just got by, you just got get by the get, got, got something. It's this little tongue twister that Levi says. It's from a YouTuber. That's not it, but I did the best I could because he wasn't coming up here. God's got you. You know, the Bible says you did not come to him first. I'm paraphrasing. He drew you, right? You were drawn first. No one can come unless they're drawn. So when you say yes to the Lord, there's already a drawing, a wooing from him. I don't believe that only some are wooed and some aren't. I don't believe that only some can believe and some don't. Uh, God is calling every single one of us from the moment we're born. Right? Who can look back at the, the, the little signs, even back to being a child? Who can see that God was calling you since you were a little boy or a little girl? Right, right? Way before you said yes. And you know, sometimes you can't see those things until you've already committed. Right? But we can see, wow, God was calling me for a long, long time. And maybe some of you today, the Lord's calling you deeper. Maybe some of you, the Lord's calling you for the first time or calling you back. But I want to say today, it's never too late. Praise God, it's never too late to make things right with God. It's never too late to come back to God. It's never too late to renew your relationship with Him. It's never too late to do the things that He's asked of you. It's never too late to turn some things around. Isn't that amazing? It's never too late. This is my excerpt from uh, August 20th. It says this, it's never too late to turn and put our faith in God or to have a greater faith. It's never too late to seek God. It's never too late to turn things around. I wrote my new paragraph, which I just read to you before I read that. It was so close. I said, okay, Lord, I think you're speaking on New Year's Eve, not me. If there was ever any doubt, you know, some, maybe some flesh gets in there sometimes on Sundays, and I always ask the Lord, just don't let them remember me. Just remember you, because I'm still a human vessel. But if God's speaking ever, it's today. Praise the Lord. God can take our lives. He can take what we can give him. He can take what we give him, and he can supernaturally do in a short time what should have taken a lifetime. I want you to say it out loud. God can do in a short time what should have taken a lifetime a lifetime. Isn't that amazing? God can restore in an instant what the devil has destroyed, you know, in an entire life. Praise God. God can do it. Come on, I want you to believe him. Who's believing God today? That he's going to do some things in your life this year. Come on, I want some faith in us for 2024 that God's going to put some things back in order. Some things are, you know, my back specifically, my actual physical back gets out of whack. And so I just was praying out loud by myself in the woods. I had no one around, and I said, back in alignment. And, you know, it's kind of a, that's a play on words, isn't it? Back in alignment. There you go, Gabriel. Back in alignment. And I began to just pray that. And you know what? I did feel better. I just want to testify that my back did feel better that day. Praise the Lord. Doesn't always happen as quick as I pray, but praise God that I'm still standing here. Thank you, Lord. And but then I realized that the Lord is speaking. Some things need to come back. You know when things are out of whack, what happens? Everything's out of whack because I was now it wasn't just my back, it was actually it's been my foot, my shin, my knee, my hip. You know because it just gets amplified. One thing that's got out of whack, everything gets out of whack. And the Lord's bringing some things back into order. He's bringing some things back into place, back into alignment, aligning some proper things in our lives because The other things that you didn't think matter, we just, we get out of whack with God. We don't, okay, whatever, no big deal. I'll get to you when I have time for you. And you think, okay, all I'm doing is missing a prayer session. I'm just missing some time with the Lord. It's not a big deal. But your entire system becomes out of alignment, right? Now suddenly your foot hurts and you're like, why is my foot hurting? Well, there was an issue back here. Wow, another play in words. There was an issue that you didn't deal with a long time ago, but I thank you, Lord, you know, do you, I, I mean, I physically, I said, Lord, I said, I can't go to a chiropractor, I said, it's literally a holiday, you know, it's the holidays, and, and, and I'm in the woods as it is, but you're the master healer, you're the chiropractor, I felt a pop, and I went, I kind of, I had a jolt, I mean, literally, just like that, and Uh, I believe the Lord did that for me, not just because I was asking him to answer my prayer, but because uh, he was showing me that some things, only the Lord can do it, he can do it, he can pop some things instantly, that was the point to to that, that instantly some things got back into alignment, the Lord can do that in your life. So if there are some things out of whack today, I want to encourage you. It might be small and it might be big. Maybe you're listening on the podcast and it's time for you to repent. Come back to the Lord. Now's the moment. It's not too late. And I want to say this. It's not too late until it's too late. I want you to say that with me now. You ready? It's not too late until it's too late. And the point uh, to that statement is it's not too late today. Come on. Today's your day. Seize the day. I'm a big seize the day guy. I think it was just ingrained in me by my dad. You know, it was just how it was. You know, I was a kid, so I thought I was tired. What a joke. But he, I was mowing lawns, and he'd be like, go out and mow some more lawns. You know, do you have more to do? And I said, yeah, I'm gonna do it tomorrow. He said, why do tomorrow what you can do today? And that's kind of become part of my system. Dawn thinks I do too much now. You know, everybody laughs at me because if I gotta go on a cruise, you know, I'm gonna do something right beforehand. That's just how it is. If I got something to do, I'm going to squeeze something into the hour before. Seize the day. Today's the day to make things right with the Lord. Don't wait till tomorrow. Today's the day to give it to the Lord. I've really felt compelled to make today, this day. I think that's a spiritual principle. You know, not literally New Year's Eve, that is suddenly 2024, that you don't have a chance, but today is the day. Make things right with the Lord. Bring things, or, or get, ask the Lord to deal with things. There may be some miracles. There's things you've been believing for, and tell the Lord, Lord, I'm believing you. I'm standing in faith today. I want to just read this. I brought up paper again today. I keep bringing up paper. This is strange for me, because I've had the iPad for eight years, but then I print it out. And then I write down notes on it, and then it's hard to get it all back in there. So here I am with paper again, and so it's going to be a little jumbled. Uh, but it says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. Your translation might say he's not being slack. God's not slacking on answering his promises. And this is specifically on the judgments that will come on the earth one day. But you can apply this principle to everything, right? You know that there's principles in the word. You know that God says specific things uh, that are actual words for very specific issues. But then there's also principles hidden within it. So he was saying, you know, that one day he's going to come again. One day he's going to judge the earth again with fire. He judged it with a flood. He's going to judge it with fire. And he's not being slow about that. But you can also take that principle that every promise that God's ever made in your life where you feel like he hasn't come through, God, why haven't you answered my prayer? God's not being slow. He will do what he said he's going to do, okay? Amen. Who's just going to just testify with faith right now? Thank you, Lord. Just thank him that he's going to do in your life what you've been believing for. But back on to the verse, it says, so he says, as some people think that he's slow, no, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. And it says in verse 10, but, everybody say but. The Bible says that God is being patient, but, come on, there's always a but. Always is. You know, God, throughout the Bible, there's a lot of these clauses, isn't there? Even the covenants that God made came with clauses. Some people think that the covenants don't come with clauses. It's just not true. Even the covenant of Jesus Christ, New Testament, the blood, you know it comes with a clause. What are you talking about? It's free. It's grace. Well, God didn't force any of you to repent, did he? The clause was that you have to believe. You have to repent and call him Lord. There's always a clause God's been patient. God has been kind. He's been merciful. He's given grace. But there comes a day. Everybody say, but there comes a day. There is a day of reckoning. There is a day where God suddenly says, it's too late. It's not too late yet, but there is a day where it becomes too late. And it says that he will unexpectedly come as a thief. Jesus talks about this too. Uh, He comes like a thief in the night. I want you to... Now continue with me. I'm going to go back to where I was here. My purpose in my, that three-part series in August is this, that God's available. Everybody say, God's available. He has cleared his schedule to create some meeting time for you. Don't let this time pass us by. God is looking to be sought out. He's not hiding to hide, but he's hiding to be found. It's a big difference that we think God, the world thinks God is far, right? God is a far-off idea. If God exists, He's somewhere far away. He doesn't care. He's not watching, right? These are some of the foolish thoughts that go through the hearts of man uh, without the Lord. But He is not hiding from us to hide. The Lord is hiding to be found. God loves being sought out. God loves, that's why even what he did for me, even, even putting this sermon together, how he dropped in my spirit this concept that I needed to go and seek out. It did not come instantly. It was a couple hours later, actually, in fact, that I finally was like, wait a second, let me check the search. And then it started coming together, and I was blown. Then I said, okay, Lord, wow. Uh, you know, These are the moments that we just get excited by him, excited that he is real, That he's not just a book, that God is not some religion, you know, that Jesus is not just some concept, you know, from long ago. He's not, he wasn't just a prophet, but that he is real, that he loves you, that he cares about every detail, and that he wants to actually be intimate with you and be a friend. You know, that's something that a parent does, right? My kids, they loved, when they were younger, they loved, uh, what did we call those? Uh, Where you... You have to go from one place to another. My mind just, I'm thinking of too much at, at, at once. It's like a funnel. You know, you open a present, then it leads you to another present. Huh? Scavenger hunt. It was in my mind, but then it just like just slipped out of nowhere. A scavenger hunt. My kids love that. They loved, you know, a gift at the end of the trail, you know, especially if it was like a dozen places they had to search. They loved those ideas, uh, those days. And uh, God does the same thing with us. Because he's a good father, isn't he? He loves a good scavenger hunt because it causes us to seek him out. And then what happens? There's an excitement from him. There's an appreciation. Wow, God. You know, I can read that God loves, but it's another thing once I experience it, isn't it? I can read that God saved me, but it's another thing when I really and truly have experienced it. So I want to read this verse, Isaiah 55, verse 6. Isaiah 55, verse 6 says, Seek the Lord... You may know it as while he may be found. It says, while you can find him, call on him now. Everybody say now. While he is near, there are moments in our lives that are meant to be seized. There is a moment in time that God has prepared beforehand. As I began to look at even just, we looked at last week, even at the birth of Jesus Christ, there is a moment. The stars literally aligned. Listen, you know the New Age and the world steals things from God, right? But God literally had the star aligned, okay? This is not, that's not a New Age statement. They stole that from the Bible. They stole it from God. It literally aligned over the place and in a time, right? Prophesied beforehand for all of these things, right? The decree of Rome and the pregnancy and the shepherds and the wise men to this place, at this moment, at this time, and the same moments are in your life. God does the same exact things. I don't know how he does it. It's just a mathematical uh, mess in my mind, trying to compute how God can line up so many random things, because it's one thing to line up something that has a system, right? You ever see those things where you got to go, you know, they go through these like obstacle courses and You know, there's a timing, right? Think of any movie where the the thief is trying to get in and and they watch and they, they figure out the timing of the lasers or the or the blade, you know, dropping down Indiana Jones or something, right? And they just run with the timing. Well, that has a system. This world is random. You and I are all making random decisions all the time, and yet somehow we're converging together at moments where God is there. How's that possible? How can you and I be making two random decisions and end up at this perfect junction with God? It's amazing. And that's because you need to seek him while there's a moment. This is it. When you can find him, when God calls, that's the moment. When the burning bush was burning, that was the moment for Moses. Praise God. And there's there's burning bushes in your life as well. When they burn and they're there shining and the Lord's calling it's time to answer him. So I want to encourage us to make commitments, but I don't want to encourage us just to make a commitment that won't stick. Uh, It's uh, it's funny, in in, uh, December, the exercise industry uh, depends on December because they make more money in December than the rest of the year. You know that. Because... And a little bit in January. January is a close second. I, th- I thought this, and I was like, let me look it up, because I think I'm right, but let me see. And we make these resolutions, and, you know, the ex- everybody has a machine. I was thinking, it's funny, some of them have more dust than sweat on them. Because it's just a good, it was a good idea. You know, your resolution was not a commitment but it was something that was in your heart, and the Lord is actually calling. He's not looking for a commitment. He's not looking for hands to be raised and say, yes, Lord, to not, and not stick with it, not to back it up. The Lord's looking for us to, uh, to be committed to him in this year. Praise God. Um, I don't always do this, but when it comes to New Year's, sometimes little rhymes help you remember them, Right? And everybody was always like, you know, it's going to be great in 2008 and stuff like that. You know, it was never great. It was never good. But I wrote one, too, only because it just kind of came to me. I was just meditating and it just was there. So you can hate it. But we cannot afford to ignore anymore the calling of the Lord in 2024. We cannot afford to ignore anymore the calling of the Lord in 2024. Just ask, and he'll open the door, and he'll show you things you didn't know before. Jeremiah 33, verse 2, says this. This is what the Lord says, the Lord who made the earth, who formed and established it, whose name is the Lord. Ask me, Jeremiah 33, 3, ask me. Everybody say, ask him. Everybody say, I'm going to ask him, because he said he's going to answer. Ask me. And I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. Isn't that amazing? God is meant to be sought out. God wants to be sought. He literally says to Jeremiah, ask me. Now, this is what's amazing, and it's going to be a theme in today's sermon. God starts the process. We just apply action to it. We just respond to it. And then God brings an answer, and then we have a result or encouragement or whatever it is. But God actually will prompt you first, ask me. Isn't that amazing? God actually, you know, you think that you're praying with faith for something, but God's already inspired the idea for you to pray. Sometimes you don't know why you're praying for what you're praying. The Bible says it in Romans 8. Sometimes we don't even know, but the Holy Spirit's already doing it and praying what we don't know and don't understand. The Lord's already prompting you. If you don't feel that he's prompting you, guess what? You came into today's service, and you are hearing it from this word. The Lord's calling you deeper. The Lord's asking for more in 24. That there's another one. That one's good. Not good because I wrote it. I mean, that's better than the Lord. It's going to be great, just an eight. Because the Lord's asking for more. It's not just, you know, just everything's going to be great. Asking for more of us. The Lord's asking for more. You want a word from the Lord, it's okay, he wants more. The Lord's calling us deeper, and he's looking to be sought out, but he's not far off. He promises us that if we seek him, we'll find him. If I call on him, he answers. That's amazing. God of the universe, if I call him, he answers me. That's amazing. I got my pages here, and I just want to make sure. I'm about to get into something here, but I want to make sure that I didn't skip here. I don't think so. Praise the Lord. I want to look in here at 1 Kings chapter 13. Before I get into Josiah, I just want to see something. This is amazing. 1 Kings chapter 13, there was an evil king by the name of Jeroboam. God actually does something amazing. God says to this nobody, Jeroboam, I'm going to take the kingdom from Solomon. I'm going to tear it apart. And I'm going to give you, right, 10 parts of the 12. Is it 10, Dan? I know you don't like me Put He said, don't put me on the spot. Yes. I'm going to give you the northern tribe. I'm going to leave a part because I promised to David, the small part, right? That's Judah. And you're going to have this whole nation just picked him out. And... Through a series of events, which we're not going to preach and get into today, he ends up putting this calf out there and tells everyone, worship this, this is God. And the Bible ends up calling it one of the worst sins of all Bible history. He ends up getting mentioned throughout the, the kings because it was so bad. And the Bible says this in 1 Kings chapter 13, verse 1. At the Lord's command, a man of God from Judah went to Bethel, arriving there just as Jeroboam was approaching the altar to burn incense. Then at the Lord's command, he shouted, O altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A child named Josiah will be born into the dynasty of David, and on you he will sacrifice the priests from the pagan shrines who come here to burn incense, and human bones will be burned on you. And that same day, that the man of God gave a sign to prove his message, he said, "The Lord has promised to give this sign: this altar will split apart, and its ashes will be poured out on the ground." I want you to put that in your pocket, and just remember this word given in uh, Kings, First Kings, chapter thirteen, verses one through three. Now, we're going to skip over to 2 Kings, all right? Everybody say, it's been a long time. And God obviously forgot to fulfill his promise. Don't repeat that. God forgot that he made a promise a long time ago. God doesn't care anymore. God doesn't care about America. Who knows, what, whatever. You know, he just doesn't, he just, I guess God's just letting us be. You know, things are just getting worse, and I guess it's just how it's going to be or whatever else. That's not true. God made a promise, and God, God made a... He said, I'm going to do this. Now, the craziest thing is, and, and my father, and you can ask him about this, because it has bewildered him, right? Why God would allow Hezekiah, who had 15 more years, he was going to die, right? He doesn't die. He has a son named Manasseh, who ends up being worse than Jeroboam? All right, the Jeroboam that I just prophesied, that yeah, I just read the prophecy about, that I just told you was just an atrocity. This guy Manasseh is at least equals. So bad. I mean, just one of the worst. If you talk, you know, the good kings and the bad kings. He is one of the worst of all, and he reigns for fifty-five years, and God allowed it. And it seems like God has forgotten his promise. His son only reigns for two years. And then there's a grandson born, a great-grandson to Hezekiah, Josiah, who's only eight years old, and he's, the kingdom is thrust into his possession. The Bible says in 2 Kings 22, verse 2, he, Josiah, did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, and followed the example of his ancestor David, he did not turn away from doing what was right. Don't you love that? That's our word today. That's your word. God's looking for people who will do what's right, and not just do what's right. You know, it's not just some right that you think is right. We're going to get into that but it was right of his ancestor David. We have an ancestor from David too, don't we? Who is he? Come on, it's Jesus, right? We want to do right after our ancestor Jesus. And it says this. It says, in the 18th year of his reign, uh, verse 5, he entrusted money to men, and they they assigned, I'm just kind of paraphrasing here, to supervise the restoration of, of the Lord's temple. Something happened to this young man hundreds of years later after this prophecy that was given over in 1 Kings 13. And really, out of a series of events that really doesn't make sense, right? De- right, Dave? You guys can talk to him after. Why well, God allowed it, but it had to be. Everybody just say, it had to be. He had to. Because there was a moment in time that was prophesied before the evil that we thought God did or God allowed. These things, we don't understand so many unknowns, but they have to be because they are part of a I don't want to say cosmic as some sort of a new age name, but cosmic because it affects the universe. We're talking not just you and I here on this little earth, but we're talking God in the heaven and then the heavens. We've got the angels, we've got the fallen angels, we've got kingdoms pitting and fighting. For power that we don't even understand, right? It says in Daniel, "I came to give you a quick message. I don't have long. The Lord wants to know He heard you, but I don't have a lot of time because I got to go back. I'm fight. I got to go help Michael. We're fighting over in this this spiritual battle. The Prince of Persia. What? There are things we don't understand. There are things going on in the unknowns, but it's part of the plan of God to bring about these very specific things at very specific times and it has to be it had to be Yosiah, Jos- right that's cuz I'm I'm saying that like that on purpose he's even a uh, there's even uh he has the the syllables in there it's of the Messiah same thing with with Joshua is is actually Yo- Yahshua or Yeshua. You can actually say his name the same way. So many of these characters were actually, because they were types and shadows, pointing towards Jesus who was going to come. So when I read about this, it's because Jesus had to come. There was some evil going on, right? Like I said last week, Rome was occupying Israel. Things we don't understand. God, why would you allow that? The disciples are still asking when he's about to leave, are you going to restore the kingdom? Because that's what they thought this was all about. Jesus told them, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons. You focus on the kingdom of God that I've given you here to do, which is preach the gospel. Which means God is going to do what he said he's going to do, but you just don't understand it. But there are times, there are places. God calls, he speaks, he says, hey you over there, I'm calling you, it's time for you. It's your time. And that's what it was. Josiah inherits this kingdom at 8 years old. At 16 years old, he begins to seek God. You can find that over in 1 Chronicles 34, 35. He begins to seek God at 16. And what's, what's amazing is, is that it's not until he's 26 for 10 years, he goes on a quest to seek God. And ten years later, we're going to pick it up back in 2 Kings 22, verse 8. It says, Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the court secretary, I have found the book of the law in the Lord's temple. Ten years later, after he had already been seeking God, he'd already been cleaning up, ten years later. Now, the law was a portion of our Old Testament it was it was their Bible at the time. We have Old and New Testament. You know, we call it the Law for you, those of you, you know, trying to figure out what the law was. I'm just giving you a little Bible history. The law, it's it's within our it's contained within our Old Testament. It, it's not the whole Old Testament. They had the law and the prophets. We have that in our Old Testament, and then we have the New Testament. This was their Bible. And uh, we don't know how long it had been neglected, but potentially as much as 57 years. I don't know when Manasseh stopped allowing the law, but at some point, the whole nation, you can find this over in First Chronicles too, the, whole, the temple, the nation, everything was in ruins. Everything that had been good had turned to bad. Sometimes you could look at our nation, you know, and see some things have kind of crumbled. Some things have have gone the wrong way. This is not a national sermon. I was all of a sudden this morning, this is a personal sermon, but it's also, I was just thinking even for our nation, because it is a nation that we're talking about here when I read this. For our nation, some things have gone really not so great for a little while. Some things have crumbled. Some things have become a little bit messy. Things have gotten out of whack. It's not too late. Everybody say, it's not too late. It's not too late for me. It's not too late for America. It says, in the 18th year of his reign, they found the book of the law. Verse 10, Shaphan also told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a scroll, so Shaphan read it to the king. And verse 11 says, when the king heard what was written in the book of the law, he tore his clothes in despair. He gave these orders. He said, He said, Uh, He said, uh, verse 13, go to the temple, speak to the Lord for me. He says, and for the people, and for all Judah, inquire about the words written in this scroll that has been found, for the Lord's anger is burning against us because our ancestors have not obeyed the words in this scroll. We have not been doing everything it says we must do. I don't want to make a big point about this, but I do want it to be noted. He humbles himself. He is, suddenly he's freaking out in a good way because he's realizing, wow, this is why things are the way they are. He just is a young boy who inherits this kingdom, and he realizes some things are out of whack because that's what he's been doing for the last 10 years, trying to bring some things back into order, but he doesn't know why. And isn't it amazing that God waited 10 years or let's say it this way it's not that God waited but God allowed it to take 10 years to find the answer that already in his heart and this is so the reason I'm making this point I don't want it to be a major today is so many people are on a quest towards God for a long time they they don't realize that God it, they're already on this on a path and a plan of God they haven't even surrendered yet right how many testimonies i always knew there was a god and then they start kind of dabbling maybe going to this church it's not the right place maybe a wrong pastor even getting even wrong religions but people are on this path they're they're trying to get to the real god and god's allowing it and because we don't even understand some of it might have just been to show you what you definitely don't want to dabble into and what you is not me. I don't you know, I don't know. I'm not going to try to be God and tell you why. But at some point, there's this moment. This was on this day at this moment, I want you to ask yourself a question. What am I going to do with what God is saying today? Really doesn't matter how long it took you to come to God. Doesn't even matter how long it took for God to come back and say, you need to repent and turn back to God if maybe you went away. Or that he says, now's the moment for you to do what you know you were supposed to be doing your whole life, and I'm okay. We, don't, we just don't get this. He's not saying it's okay that you didn't do it, but I'm okay that you're this age and it wasn't done yet. Do it now. Suddenly, at this moment in time, God's saying, now's the moment. I just think that's amazing. Amazing says in verse 17, My people have abandoned me. They went to a prophetess, and she began to speak for the Lord, and says, My people abandoned me and offered sacrifices to pagan gods, and I'm very angry with them for everything they have done. And then it says, he says, verse 18, But to the king of Judah who sent you to seek the Lord, tell him. Now this is, this is amazing. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Did you guys hear that? He says, to the king of Judah who sought the Lord. He sent you to seek me, and I've got something to say. This is, the prompting was the word. The word was already the prompting. Some people think God, well, God, you know, God, if he wants my attention, he can come and get me. He already did. We've got the Bible. When he heard the law, when he heard the word, there was no prophecy that said, Josiah, you are the chosen king. Josiah is not aware. They hadn't even found it. You know, we're reading it over in 1 Kings, but this has all been lost. You realize it's just been lost? He's not trying to fulfill a prophecy written about himself. He doesn't even know who God really is yet. He's still finding him. The word wasn't Josiah turned to me. The word was the law. It just was the Bible. Sometimes we're looking for this personal law, this personal word from God before we'll run after him and go chase after him. We have the word. The word was 2,000. Come on, if it was short 2,000 years ago, it's certainly short now. When Jesus said time is short, time is ticking, when he said the harvest is ready and the laborers are few, he mu- I can't imagine the words he would use now 2,000 years later. If he said the harvest is now, I don't know what kind of language do you use 2,000 years later. My language would be, wow, that was a long time ago. I think it's too late. And yet it's not too late. And so what the question I want us to ask is, what are we going to respond today? And the second thing is that we need to see is, God prompted it just by his word. His word, even, even what you're hearing today is hearing the word of God. And it's up to us. There's an action required. There's a response. You know, we can say, you know, I'm saved by grace, but what does it require? Faith. You're saved by grace, but it still required faith. There's an action on our part. God calls, I, and I say, okay, Lord, I want you. I begin to seek him. He answers. Do you see this? This tag team that's happening, that's why it all goes back to him. He gets all the glory. I can't take any glory. I can't say it was me. can't take any credit. And yet it required everything of me. But he says to him, you were sorry. You humbled yourself. And he says, when? He said, you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I said. Isn't that amazing? God allowed them to operate as a nation under an evil king for 55 years, and then an additional two years, and then an additional ten, it was kind of in a half a mixture, kind of moving back towards God, but not quite there yet. Talking 67 years minimum that God had allowed the nation to be in chaos and in crisis, but suddenly, because of one person, the nation's about to turn around. Because of one person seeking God, because of one of you, after 60... I don't know why God would allow your friends and your family to go to hell because you didn't preach to them. And yet my Bible says, how will they know unless somebody tells them? I don't understand it all, but you have the word of God. You have heard it. We have it. We're meant to give it. There are people, there is a nation that is res- that we are responsible for. Josiah took responsibility, and God said, "I saw it, and you, he- you heard my word, you responded, and he said, uh, verse 19, I have indeed I have indeed heard you, says the Lord. So I will not send this promised disaster until after you have died. A nation, a generation was saved because of one person seeking God. He saved his entire generation. Isn't that amazing? What's our response when we hear the calling of the Lord? I don't want to get too... I could, I could go, so many, just go so many directions with this, and I'm just going to kind of bring this together now. Josiah actually goes on like a rampage. Once, once he gets the authority of the Lord, once this happens, he, he does this first. It, it, you actually you, you can see it in, in first chronicles or in chronicles, and you can see it here in Second Kings as well, that he begins with this. It says in Second Kings chapter 23, just for time here, uh, verse two says they get, they, he reads the whole uh, covenant. To the people, the same covenant that he just heard, he gathers the nation and makes sure that the nation hears what he has. God had done something in his life, so his first thing is, I need to make sure that the world around me knows what I've heard, because I realize the seriousness, and I and the Lord is responding, and I can see it, and so I'm going to make sure that those around me know as well, because they're going to be responsible this The chaos in their lives is because things are out of order. And so he said, "I need you to know today, so things are out of order. And so they read the law and then it says verse three that he took the place of authority and he renewed the covenant in the lord's people uh, in the lord's presence and and the the people did the same as well. they confirm and they Uh, renew their covenant to the Lord and and at this very moment this nation now has turned from its evil and he goes on a rampage he starts destroying everything and anything that had pulled the people away from God he goes and he removes uh Baal and Asherah and you guys if you know your bible you know what all these characters were these were all just demons and foreign gods and these things had crept into their church. These things had crept into their homes. All, you know, the world, if you want to make it 2023, you know, the things of the world, the things on TV, the words in people's mouths, right? The ideologies, the concepts that are around us, they have, they've been seeping in, haven't they? You know, it's like a slow fade from black to gray, but it's, it has happened, and there's this grayness in the world. Nobody really knows what's right. Nobody even knows who they are. And this, these lies have crept in. And what happened is uh, it had infiltrated God's church. It had infiltrated their worship. It had infiltrated God's word, in fact, to a point where what happens? Come on, we already know the path. Once it starts, at first it's, well, we can worship Baal and God. You can't do it, can you? Because what happens is the law gets lost. We have history. We know what happens. Once you bring the world into the church, you try to mix the world into your Christianity, you try to be a little worldly and a little Christian, it doesn't work. Eventually, the law gets lost. The word gets lost. That's Bible history. It will happen again. And then he actually brings the priest this is very very this is amazing and it's so powerful the priest had be, had moved they had been pushed out and now they were living in towns throughout the nation they had been just gone back to normal life they didn't you, they didn't know what to do right so they just became like everybody else and this in verse 8 he brings back he's about he's restoring things he's the lord begins to use him to bring back those that needed to serve in the house of God and then he tears down the altars he tears down uh, all the the shrines and and I'm just summing this up you guys can read the chapter on yourself read it all together and he even going all the way back to Solomon David is King the first good king right we've got we've got Saul David, Solomon, we're on king number three of a brand new nation, and some of his shrines and idols don't get torn down until Josiah. It says in verse 13 that he tears down even some that Solomon had built for Asherah, Chemosh, Chemosh, whatever, and Molech. But finally, there comes a day. There is a day that's coming. There is a day where the Lord says it's time. It's time. I've been calling you. I've been calling this nation. I've been wooing you. It's time to seek me, and it's time. Maybe you've been already seeking the Lord. Maybe that's not your word for today is that I need to seek him, but your word from him is that you need to do with what I've already shown you over and over and over again. And so he goes and he cleanses the nation, and then it says this. It says, verse 15, he tears down this altar at Bethel the pagan shrine that Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, had made when he caused Israel's sin, and he burned down the shrine, and he ground it to dust, and he burned the Asherah pole, and then he turned around, and he noticed several tombs in the side of the hill, and he ordered that the bones be brought out and burned them on the altar at Bethel to desecrate it. And this happened just as the Lord had promised through the man of God when Jeroboam stood beside the altar at the festival And then he turned, he actually sees the tomb of the man of God who prophesied it, and he says, leave his bones alone. And then he executes all the priests. He gets rid of the mediums, the psychics, the household gods, the idols. I mean, it is a whole chapter of going, I mean, this guy went to town, and lots of kings had removed things. Even Hezekiah, his great-grandfather, was a good king. But if you read through the Bible history, you'll see it says, they were faithful to God, but or yet they still did not tear these things down. There are things that we all allow in our lives that are not meant to stand there. And what you can see is a pattern, and I'm closing here, I promise. But Josiah removed the hindrances to knowing God. Other things had taken God's place. You know, even other people can take, even people... Even your own children can become an idol. I'm not saying that God's telling you to hate your children, right, or to hate your spouse, but even people can take the place. God is so jealous that even your spouse and your children must come second to the Lord Most High. Even he, uh, even God, wow, even your kids must come second to God. Uh, And so Josiah puts things back in place that need to be back in place, and he takes the things, takes the people, the people that had been in God's place, the things that had been in God's place, he takes them and tears them down and puts back what should be right, and he re- then he finally, he sums it all up when they cleanse the whole nation and everything's done, he calls them together for something very, very significant. He brings them together, for a Passover And why this is so important is because the Passover pointing in, in their time, not yet, but it was all pointing to Christ, right? Who knows the Passover just points to Jesus. right? It's an old thing that now was done as a new thing for them, but still wasn't even prophecy fulfilled yet. but he brings him into Passover because a Passover is the symbol of coming under God's authority, right? You pass through the doorpost of the blood, right? The blood of the Lamb. The blood on the doorpost is coming through the blood of Jesus coming inside the house, right? Jesus said, I'm the door, right? Look at all the symbols. And you come inside, and what do they do in there? They have a communion meal. Jesus did this meal with his disciples, right? They had a Passover meal before he became the Passover lamb. There's a communion meal. That's the place where we're under his protection. We're under his blood, and there's restoration back, and they have communion with him. And the Bible says in, in uh, verse 25, Never before had there been a king like Josiah who turned to the Lord with all his heart and his soul and strength, obeying all the laws of Moses, and there has never been a king like him since. I felt very, very encouraged of the Lord just for myself, and I hope that you are encouraged as well. That God is, is a good God. He is kind. He is a compassionate God. He does not do anything in our lives, really, with give, without giving us so much warning. Abundant, abundant, <laughs> abundant warnings. If the Lord has spanked you, he has definitely warned you. Okay? And so the Lord is actually giving us such a gentle and tender, loving warning today that time is short the clock is ticking. Your life, it matters. There is a purpose. He had to do... He, God works hard. I don't understand it all, but he rested on the seventh day because he worked hard for six. God works hard. And he has worked so hard to get you in the place where you are today, restored and redeemed and ready. And for all the work that he has done, that he has put in for us to be in the place we are It's time to let him use us in the way that he desires. Amen. I hope that you're blessed. Happy New Year to everyone. I love you. I love this church. And I'm just going to pray one final blessing. Lord, I thank you and praise you. Lord, that we are under the blood of Jesus. And I, Lord, thank you that we come into that Passover again, Lord, under that blood of Jesus, Lord, We just come into that place of communion and submission. Thank you, Lord. Your word says stay in here and don't go out, Lord. So there is an obedience. But I thank you, Lord. There in that place is communion. And there in that place is blessing and safety. And I thank you, Lord, that there is a promise ahead of us. Yes, Lord, we have eternity in you. And thank you, Lord. It's being prepared for us. But, Lord, I thank you that we're still here now. It's not too late for us to use this human vessel for a little longer to bring glory to your name and to further the kingdom of God. So we just thank you for this church, and I pray you bless them, bless their families. I put protection by the blood of Jesus on each and every one of them, and a blessing for 2024 in Jesus' name. Amen.